Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. If you are a regular listener of the Beacon Broadcast, you know we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You know that we've come to the last two verses in the chapter, and you know that we are really going slowly through these verses because we find here a list of sins that were present in the lives of the Corinthian church members and needed to be addressed. And Paul said, take care of these things so that when I come, we can have a happy visit because if I come and find these things still there that you have not repented of them, you have not acknowledged them, you have not dealt with them, then I'm going to come in a way that you won't be happy about. I'll come in a way that'll be different from the way you wish I were coming. So I want, I wish to find you in good shape when I come, and you wish to find me in a good mood when I come. And so here's how to do it. Deal with these things. And then he gives a rather extensive list of problems, of sins, of defects, of failures, of weaknesses that, and many of them very common ones, that needed to be dealt with by the Corinthians in verse 20. And then in verse 21, he gets into even some more sordid ones that probably weren't terribly common to all of them or even most of them, but nevertheless were present in some of them, and so they need to be dealt with as well. And so we're dealing with these two. We're, we're working our way through this list, and because these are so common and they are so difficult for some people to understand how to deal with, we're taking our time with them. And so please bear with me as we continue to work through this list. In verse 20, the first three items are contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Those are things, Paul says, that are in your church and in your lives that need to be rooted out. Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. We have touched on all of them. We've spent the majority of the time on the middle one, jealousies. And we're going to pick up at that point today before we move on. Thank you for joining me on this Friday, November 10. And thank you for your financial gifts that keep us teaching God's Word on this station. Well, again, all of us have have, and at least have had, if we don't have now, and I hope we don't now, but there's always the temptation, it could always arise again, even if we've dealt with it pretty successfully, of being jealous for toward other people, having some an envious attitude toward someone else, a resentment toward others because they have something more than we have, something better than we have, something more advantageous than we have, and it's human nature, sinful human nature, 
to be jealous. And Paul says that should not be present among Christians. It needs to be rooted out of your heart. It needs to be rooted out of your church. Jealousies. But how do you do that? Well, I made reference to what Paul learned in Philippians chapter 4 on the broadcast several days ago, but I'm going back to that now because I think this really helps us to deal with jealousy. Paul said in verse 10 of Philippians 4, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care of me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but lacked opportunity. They had sent him a financial gift, and he's writing a thank you note for that. And he says to them, I'm encouraged by this renewed care of me. It's been a while since I've received anything from you. Any, any been a while since I've re- received any indication of your care for me. And yet I know, he says here, that it's not because you didn't care. It's because you lacked opportunity. There was something about either their circumstances or his circumstances. They may not have known exactly where he was. He traveled around a lot. They may have had difficulty knowing. They didn't have cell phones, and they didn't have email. They didn't have constant and instant communication then like we do now. So he said, I I know you cared for me, but you lacked opportunity, but now your care of me has flourished again, and I'm grateful for that. I, I want you to know I appreciate it. You have addressed a need in my life, and more than that, you have demonstrated your loving concern and care for me as a minister of the gospel. But here's what he goes on to say. In verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need. The King James says want, which is not a word that we use very often today in the way that it's used in that translation at that point. But here's my translation, the the version that I'm using. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. There's the secret. That's how you deal with jealousy. You ask God to make you content in whatever state you are. And he goes on to explain that. Verse 12, I know how to be abased. That's low economic status and condition. And I know how to abound. That's high economic condition. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now, most people don't get in a yo-yo situation as much as Paul did because, well, most of our lives tend to be fairly steady, but these things do happen sometimes. I told you on the broadcast yesterday how when I was a boy of about 11 years old, my father, who had a very good-paying job, an upper-class, upper-management job, lost his job. And I won't explain the circumstances, but it was a matter of honorable, godly principle that caused him to lose his job because his boss didn't appreciate the owner of the company that he was managing, the, the factory that he was managing, didn't appreciate his integrity in that particular manner. In that particular matter, he expected something different demanded something different. So my father lost his job, and what did he do? He, for a while, until he found something a little better, went down to the the railroad yard where they loaded freight onto freight trains, and he hired on as a a day laborer and started loading 
loading freight cars. You say, well, was he in shape for that? Well, not particularly. I'm sure he came home really sore and tired for a while doing that. But you see, he could do it if he would. Some people would say, I can't do that. Well, you can if you want to. I'm not saying you can do it effortlessly. I'm not saying you can do it without any pain, without any sore muscles, without any difficulty. But, yeah, you can do it. It's it's same difficulty I do seeing these people sometimes out on roadsides begging for financial help within sometimes within sight of help wanted signs out in front of businesses who are trying desperately to hire people. Now, I'm sure if you talk to them, they'd say, well, I can't do that because of this or because of that. Now, only God knows. They, there may be legitimate circumstances there, but I'm afraid in many cases what it really boils down to is they're allergic to work or they're, I don't know, maybe too proud to work at a low-paying job, but somehow not too proud to stand out and, and beg. So anyway, what I'm saying is sometimes our conditions do yo-yo rather suddenly as ours did when my dad lost his job and then was earning for a while only maybe 25% of what he was earning before, but he earned what he could, and God met the need. But he went from abounding to abasement. He went from full to hungry, though I don't remember us ever missing any meals, so we probably had a lot of, a lot of uh, um, noodles and uh, cheap food, but we, we didn't go hungry. But... The Apostle Paul was in that situation rather commonly because he was dependent upon gifts from other people to support him as a traveling missionary, and they didn't, the gifts didn't always arrive as they, as they needed to. Sometimes the churches didn't have it and didn't send it. Sometimes the, the uh, transmission became difficult. Couriers weren't available. To, um, to make the delivery and so forth and so on. So he said, I've learned to, to live in these conditions, but what he said is, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content, how to be abased and how to abound, how to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I have learned, I have learned. It wasn't automatic. I had to learn it. I had to learn it by by not being content at times and having to take that to the Lord and say, Lord, please help me to have contentment. I'm talking about how to deal with jealousy. Remember, that's one of the problems here that Paul is dealing with in Second Corinthians 12, contentions, jealousy, and outbursts of anger. And Paul said, I had to learn how to be content, but I've learned. I've learned through prayer. I've learned through studying the scriptures. I've learned through remembering God's sovereign rule and that these things are by his appointments, I've learned by reminding myself of the verse that I wrote to the Romans, that God has promised that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. And so I've had to really believe that when I was suffering need and was hungry and was, was uh, abased, that this is 
God's good for my life at this time. He has a wise and gracious, that means loving purpose in this. And because I know who he is, I know his character, I can trust him in it, and I can be content. And then this verse, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do all things, what all things? I can, in a God-honoring way, be both full or hungry, whichever God decides, and at that particular time, I can abound or be abased, I can have plenty or I can suffer need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can exist happily with contentment in all of these circumstances, whichever ones God appoints for me. I can do that through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That verse that gets quoted a lot almost never gets quoted in its context. It's used for all kinds of things. I've heard people say things like, you know, youth youth directors or evangelists saying something like, go ahead and follow your your ambitions. If if you want to be a, um, a, a star athlete, you can be through Christ who strengthens you because if you're a Christian, he promised that you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. That is a terrible misuse of Scripture. I've got attached to my bulletin board something that someone gave me maybe a year or two ago, and I put it there as a reminder. It says, I can do all things through a, through a verse that is taken out of context. <laughs> you get the irony of that, don't you? I can do all things through a verse that's taken out of context. The context of this verse is, I can be content even in times of need. That'll take care of the jealousy. Get rid of that jealousy in your heart, said Paul to the Corinthians, and says the Holy Spirit to you and to me today. May God help us to do it. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.